Meanwhile, it seemed every day brought more troubling news regarding Watergate. By April of 1974, one conservative ally, Senator Barry Goldwater, was bluntly questioning the president's judgment, and another, Senator James L. Buckley, was openly calling for his resignation. On the evening of April 29, 1974, the president told the nation that he would, at long last, release transcripts, edited, it turned out, of several of the conversations recorded in his office by means of an electronic taping system, similar to those used by his recent predecessors. President Nixon, the student of history, had recorded most of his important personal and telephonic conversations, and those discussions, which the president obviously presumed were confidential, became perpetual fodder for his enemies. The release of edited transcripts, however, had the effect of giving a shark a taste of blood, and ultimately resulted in a full-fledged political feeding frenzy. The cabinet viewed the crisis as a call to arms, and struggled, with great success, to continue the administration's policies and initiatives, and keep the government functioning. But outside the White House the mood was hostile and ugly, with Congress behaving more like a lynch mob than the dignified body it ought to be, and with politicians eagerly interrogating anyone from the administration they could get to appear before a committee. Everything and everyone in the administration seemed ripe for investigation. From my perspective I had work to do, and couldn't be bothered with occurrences which I had absolutely no connection or control. The closest I came to direct involvement in Watergate was when an aide informed me, in the spring of 1974, that piles of tapes had been discovered in a broom closet at the Treasury Building. I immediately ordered a Secret Service agent to guard the closet and called Al Haig and told him about the tapes.